Hi, my name is Satvik Srinivas, and this is Arnav Rostoki. And together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rip. Thank you for tuning in. We had a great slate of games last weekend, and we're going to follow that once more this week, divisional round, with four absolutely amazing matchups for us this weekend. And let's start off right here, Saturday, 4.30, NBC. The Jaguars heading to Kansas City. The 9-8 Jaguars taking on the 14-3 Chiefs with a huge spread, plus 9 for the Jaguars. What do you think about that, plus 9? That, that, that's very, I like that, I like that number. Yeah, the Jaguars played the Chiefs earlier this year, and the Chiefs pretty much looked in control of this game. Up until the half, it was 20-7, to and then the Jaguars, they outscored the Chiefs in the second half, but really, we all know who, who was going to win that game, but... The Chiefs are playing a completely different Jaguars team. They're playing a Jaguars team with confidence. A Jaguars team that is on a six-game win streak. And a Jaguars team that is, in my opinion, they're firing on all cylinders. When I look at Trevor Lawrence and how in control of the offense he looked, you're talking about a guy, a, a quarterback who is, for the first time in the playoffs, who is down 27 nothing at one point in the game. And... Leads his team back, putting together multiple scoring drives where they're not running the ball that much. They're they're not running the ball that much. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball almost 50 times. His arm did the magic in that second half. And when I look at that, that's a sustainable offensive game plan moving forward. And that's something that the Chiefs are going to have to contend with. And that man right there, Trevor Lawrence, is the reason I think that plus nine, man— you were a better on Saturday night or Saturday evening. I best believe I'm taking Jaguars plus nine here. Here's the thing, right? When you talk about four picks in the first half, I, I, I'd love to say not all four pick first halves are created equal, but there probably has only been one in the postseason. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's be real. It was it was nerves. That That's just nervousness there. Once once he got composed, yeah, you know, he did his thing. Right. Well, two of two of the picks, right? The one of them, you know, you could argue penalty. The other receiver really should have caught the ball. Great play by the DB, and you can go on and on with that. But here's the point, right? Nothing in his body language, Trevor Lawrence. Like it's it's almost as if like nothing happened in the first half. He just came out in the second half, like it was a new game. He just showed up. And here here's what I really like with the Jaguars right now, right? <clears throat> we always talk about coach quarterback combinations, you know. You had your you you have your of course you have Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes for a long time we had Sean Payton Drew Brees yep. I think this match is so good like Doug Peterson the offensive mind he has taking risks right and Trevor Lawrence paying him off yeah I think I think it's lethal and before, before you move on I just want to point out you ran out of a three running back in the backfield formation which is generally used to push the quarterback for QB sneak they ran a zone right play out of that to put them into field goal range. Hmm. That That's the type of Doug Peterson we're talking about here. That That's the type of Doug P we're talking about. And I think what's really important here, right? We're talking about this matchup, Jaguars, Chiefs. Right? The Chiefs are the, I suppose, juggernaut here, you know, first seed. I personally believe the Bills are up there, but that's a topic for a di- different discussion. Here's what I think, right? What do you need if you need to beat the Chiefs? One, you got to go score for score with them. Two, you need guys that are going to make big plays, and the Jaguars have been doing that consistently, right? Evan Ingram has been terrific. 
Yeah. Travis Etienne, 100 yard game against the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence, you don't got to ask about it, right? If Patrick Holmes scores a touchdown, you best believe Trevor Lawrence is going to come right down the field and he has potential to put another seven points on the board. Yep. You have those two things. But the third thing, that to me is the question mark, the Jaguars defense, right? Mm. You're not, you're not going to stop Patrick Holmes, okay? You're not going to do that. So don't go out there and expect to hold Chiefs to under 20 points. Yeah. But if you slow them down, make timely plays, what the Jaguars have done, I think the Jaguars are going to win this game. That's my pick. This I know it's an upset, but I'm going with it. Here's what I'll say. If the Jaguars want to win, I think Trevor Lawrence has to play well. They have to put drives together. They have to answer the Chiefs. But here's the second thing. What did we say the Bengals do, Sotvik, They that they're so successful against teams like the the Ravens and, and the Chiefs? What do they do that makes them so successful at the end of the game? Don't give the ball back to Patrick they Mahomes. Do not. Give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. And I'm looking at one man here, Travis Etienne Jr. If Travis Etienne Jr. plays like he has been playing for the past few weeks, right? Last week, 20 carries, 109 yards, and five and a half yard average. And Doug Peterson was only helping that. Scheming run plays that really uses Travis Etienne's ability to get to the edge of the field and then cut up field. These zone schemes. If you get late into the game and you have the ball in the fourth quarter, the key for the Jaguars is to create a drive that leaves minimal time for Patrick Mahomes to get on the field and do something and some drive that takes away a lot of time. And that's going to be the one thing I'm watching. If this is a close game, if the Jaguars are in a position to win, that is the key right here. Travis Etienne Jr. and his ability to run the football and the Jaguars' ability to run the ball and chew clock. That, that is the one thing I'm looking at right now. What about for the Chiefs here? What do you think the keys for them would be to win this game? The one big thing that has plagued the Chiefs, and it plagued them in the early in the season when we thought there was some question marks, it, it's the reason that they were booted out of the playoffs last year against the Bengals. Turnovers. If I'm Patrick Mahomes, I can't be careless with the ball. I don't need to make the big play every single time. If it's a tight game, getting the first down is my goal. It's not to create a flashy big play. It's to move the chains. And Patrick Mahomes has to have it in his head that I have to be careful with the football and I can't give a hungry Jaguars team, a hungry Jaguars offense, opportunities to score the ball and put my team behind. Patrick Mahomes needs to be careful with the ball and needs to be a careful decision maker. Yes, you're going to have opportunities to take shots throughout the game. But make sure those shots are shots that count. Not something that you can easily avoid. Not not an easy turnover where you don't need to be throwing a ball into double coverage. Turnovers is the big thing I'm watching for the Chiefs. Mm. What's your pick? What do you what do you think here? From a betting perspective, I'm taking the Jaguars plus nine. I like the Jaguars. It's a very popular upset pick. I just think the Jaguars and that secondary, it's gonna be that's gonna be the matchup that the Chiefs exploit. They're gonna have a field day. They're gonna have a very easy time moving the ball down the field. And I think they can their ability to score very quickly on the Jaguars. I think if need to be late in the game, this is an offense, especially against this Jag secondary, that can score maybe in a minute. Mm -hmm. So I like the Jaguars. I like the roster. I like their ability to match up with the Chiefs, but there's still a few pieces away. So give me the Chiefs in a very, very close one. Okay. Yeah, I see that, right? The secondary, can they match up? But the the other side of that matchup has to be the Jaguars pass rush. And they have made big plays, right? We have seen it. Your front four, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. Those guys got to get pressure off the edge. 
the potential is there. Again, an upset. But I, I just think that those three things I mentioned again, yeah. right? Quarterback, coach combo. You got to take risks to win yeah. against the Chiefs. I, I think they can do it. And I actually really like the point you mentioned as well with, you know, we always talk about it. Don't give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. And Travis Etienne could be the key at the end of the game, like you brought up. Right. All right, moving from one close matchup to another here. Saturday night, 8-15 on Fox. You've got the Giants taking on the Eagles in the divisional round, two NFC East opponents. I said this right after that first drive against the Vikings. I really, really, really hoped that the Vikings would find a way to win this game because I did not want to have this third match against the Giants. I, I think the Giants could pull this off. But it's going to be really close, and the Eagles can't make mistakes. What has hurt us in our little skid here has been turnovers, has been not being efficient, right? Yeah. And the Giants are a team that can absolutely take advantage of that. Why? They can run the ball. They can yeah. keep it away from us. You, you could go like – it reminds me of the Washington game, right? The first half, you're so confused what happened. Not even the first half, but pretty much the entire game. Like, why were the Eagles so – unsuccessful in putting up points in this game it's not that we couldn't put up points we just didn't even have the football they Washington yeah. never gave us the ball right. brian robinson and antonio gibson they were right. they were doing a number and this game you got saquon barkley right that, that's the blueprint for the giants and that is what the eagles defense has to stop are you worried about daniel jones would be my question because we know the giants running game is going to be there but considering how daniel jones was playing earlier in the season and how efficiently he was playing against the Vikings. I mean, to me, this is a quarterback that has gone from night to day. And he is playing like he's playing with confidence that we have not seen before. All right. I'll answer this like this, right? Am I worried about Daniel Jones? Yes, I'm worried about his ability to run the football. But no, I am not worried. At least I'm not terrified of his ability to throw the ball. Because the reason he looked so good against the Vikings at least to me, was not because he was making incredible contested throws in the tight windows. You know, he was just taking what was available, and the Vikings defense was not making tackles. There's a lot of catch yards after the catch. And it's it's not like Dan Jones pulled a Trevor Lawrence, right, going down the field, absolutely destroying the Chargers secondary in that second half. That was not what took place. And I think Eagles pass rush is going to be able to limit anything that the Giants might want to do pushing the ball down the field. And they rarely even do that to start with, right? Even if there are opportunities, we have seen that Daniel Jones is not really a guy that's going to push the ball down the field. Yes, he may take one or two shots down the sideline, but I'm not worried about him as a passer. But the combination of, you know, the RPO, which is a huge staple of this Giants offense, yes, that is what could give us some trouble. And I, I want to keep stressing this point. If we do lose this game, it's not going to be because the Giants put up 35 points it's going to be because they played really efficient football they kept it away from us and at the end of the game we're going to be like two or three turnovers is what cost us and we didn't get the ball back the if the reason the eagles if they lose this game is because they didn't have the ball that's mm -hmm. what i'm i think and, and why don't they have the ball it's going to be because the giants just run for 300 yards that's mm -hmm. that's the way only way i see the giants really going into philadelphia and winning I, I want to recall Lamar Jackson's MVP year, divisional round against the Titans. Why did they lose that game? Derrick Henry ran a number on them. Mm. 
that the Ravens just, they did not have the ball that much in that game. It was Derrick Henry flipping Earl Thomas around and pushing him on the ground, doing that to defenders all day. It was just tough running, and the Titans pulled it out. Why? Because they just did not give the opponent the ball. And that's the only way I see the Giants winning it. As far as Philadelphia, you are in the driver's seat this game. You cannot mess up offensively. And and this is my thing with Jalen Hurts is this is your first playoff game where I would be con- – like I wasn't very confident in Philadelphia. I don't think the team was very confident going into Tampa Bay. That wasn't the vibe I was getting from Philadelphia. But now you're going into this game as the top dog. I don't want to see any hiccups from Jalen Hurts where he's constantly taking off with the ball if A.J. Brown isn't – the first option isn't available. Mm. I need to see. I I'm expecting to see a poised and rested Jalen Hurts who goes through his progressions and makes the correct read. That is what key for Philadelphia is Jalen Hurts's ability to be a pocket passer. That is the key that I'm looking at. Right, and I think the first quarter of this game is going to tell you everything you need to know because if the Eagles get off to a fast start, they could really you know push the pedal on this Giants secondary. And yeah. and, and if you're the Giants, right? defensively at least the secondary you you've got to be terrified uh, well terrified is not the right word but, but like in the last two matchups Jalen Hurts has absolutely torched this Giants secondary so they're if the Giants don't make schematic changes and I think the main thing would just be don't give up the one-on-ones right AJ Brown one-on-one against any Giants secondary player is not going to be a favorable matchup I guess the same could be said about Devontae Smith but it's just going to have to be forcing the Eagles to have long 12, 13 play drives, not yeah. make mistakes. And that's just what it is. But absolutely, I think the Eagles are the better team. And yeah. I think we should win this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles too. And I just think they're going to, if they are able to start out fast and put points on the board, they force Daniel Jones into a situation where he's not a threat as on his feet, but he has to be a threat on over uh, through the air. And my thing is, is that I think Philadelphia's pass rush is going to get there before those 15 to 20 yard routes that we're hitting all the time against Minnesota before those routes develop. I think that Eagles pass rush can get to Daniel Jones and make him uncomfortable. And that's the dynamic I see playing out offensively and defensively. So if in, in that scenario, which I think is the most likely, give me Philadelphia. But if the Giants win this game. It's because Saquon Barkley has a masterclass like he, he has to go insane in this game. All right, let's look ahead here to Sunday's game, uh, the first of two two games. And uh, something tells me we might have some differing opinions on this one. Uh. Um, the Bengals, Bills, the, uh, I suppose, rematch. Unfortunately, we did the first game. You know, we all know what happened there. But what are you thinking here? My position hasn't changed since week 17. I'm still going with the Bengals here. I'm just going to repeat what I said that day. This Bengals offense and their weapons can attack Buffalo in so many ways. It's going to be easier for the Bengals to put up points than the Bills, in my opinion. It, it, that, that's the way the matchups play out. When you have a, a receiver like Tyler Boyd in the slot playing against a rookie cornerback, the matchup advantage is always going to be on your side. And I think that combined with the fact that the Bengals go on long drives and they two clock and they don't give the ball back. It's hard for me to pick against this Bengals offense, especially when 
I look at the Bills and I look at Josh Allen and I look at that Miami game and I say, those those two words, hero ball. It, it's hero ball. And and Josh Allen made some splashy throws and Josh Allen made some plays and, and he got out of that Miami game. But I saw him revert to some old tendencies that have got him knocked out in the playoffs multiple times. And if the Bengals, if they just don't turn the ball over, they had that crucial fumble that threw off all their momentum in, in the Ravens game. If they just don't have mistakes like that, I just think the matchups play in the favor of the Bengals, and I'm just going to go with them here. I hear you, right? I could see a game in which, you know, you have Jamar Chase, you have Tyler Boyd, and absolutely this Bills secondary could get torched, right? I, I see that. I see where there could be a mess up, matchup uh, mismatch there. But I think perhaps you may not be giving enough credit to the Bills pass rush. I know that Von Miller is out. I know that's the big name that everyone is looking to. But Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson, these guys have consistently getting pre- been getting get Ben pressure, getting to the quarterback. And these aren't the names you hear, right, on national television. So maybe people aren't expecting the Bills pass rush to go out and give Joe Burrow a hard time. But when have the Bengals struggled, right? It's been it's been constant. You think back to week one. You think back to the Browns game. When the Bengals have struggled, it's been because you got pressure, right? Week 16, the Patri- uh, Patriots-Bengals game, the Bengals got out to an absolutely hot start. But why did things start slowing down? Patriots pass rush that led to turnovers for Joe Burrow, right? Some uncharacteristic mistakes. But the fact of the matter is I believe that those kind of mistakes could show themselves again in this game. And last last year, the Bengals run, Jamar Chase, the potential is there, but I like the Bills here at home, man. I'm going to have to pick them. I think my position hasn't changed as well since week 17. And and it's not that I think the Bills are absolutely going to dominate the Bengals. Like, that's just not going to be the case. It's going to be... This is a one-possession game. I don't... I don't. If you're expecting anything less, I, I don't know what to tell you, but this is going to be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Like, that's just this the way it's going to be. Right. And I think it's going to tell us a lot. I, I guess this is an interesting question. Do you think the winner of this game will go on to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was leaning towards that as well. So yes. there's a lot on the line here. <laughs> I think both teams in this matchup can beat Kansas City. Right. And or the if they get the Jaguars, like I get that's just a better matchup that they can win. Like, sure. That's, that's just the way I see it. Yeah. And with that, right, the last matchup of this divisional round, perhaps the uh, most interesting one. I don't know. They're all pretty in- interesting, but 49ers, Cowboys, your old 90s rivalry. Yep. There's a lot of there's a lot of old folks that are probably getting hyped up for this one. <laughs> <laughs> New faces now leading these teams. Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. We talk about the quarterback battle. Who do you think wins the quarterback battle here? Who do you think is gonna be more in charge of their offense in San Francisco? For me, that's an interesting question. And it depends on what you're really looking for. Are you looking for the numbers? Are you looking for a quarterback to go out and put 300 yards, three touchdowns. If that's what you're looking for, and with Dak Prescott coming off this game, right? I think Dak Prescott could have a lot of success, perhaps even a 300-yard, three-touchdown game. But that does not necessarily mean the Cowboys are going to win, right? Those are not the same thing. Dak Prescott putting up numbers and the Cowboys winning. On the flip side of that, right, maybe Brock Purdy goes for like 230, a couple touchdowns. And if he's able to manage the game, right, get Christian McCaffrey involved in the running, 
running game, Kyle Shanahan, Niners defense. I'm putting all those pieces together, right? Maybe Dak Prescott outplays outplays Brock Purdy from you know the stats perspective, but I think Brock Purdy could do what it takes. And if it's even if it's at the end of the game, I think he can go get a drive to win this one. Okay, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys in the upset here. And while it may sound absurd off the bat, there's more to it. I think that a lot of people just want to look at 49ers defense and just be like, that is just too good of a front seven. You can't beat that. And when you pair it with the offense, but you got to understand there's one key. There's one key to this. Who has been playing amazing in this stretch with 49ers? Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy has felt comfortable at all times. He has never been trailing massively, and I'm not going to count the Raiders game because the Raiders are just such a dumpster fire that 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 if there's one team you come back against, it's the Raiders. I'm talking against good playoff teams now. He has really never trailed. And you want to make this rookie quarterback in a position where he's nervous and he's uncomfortable. And I think the Cowboys offense can do just that. When you look at this matchup Cowboys offense against 49ers defense, what the Cowboys were doing at the Buccaneers was on first down, their goal was to just get six or seven yards. That way, on second down, they could take their chunk play, their 15 to 20-yard shot. If it works, you get the first down. If it doesn't, you're in a third and short. They were putting their offense in a position to succeed, position to move the chains. You know, it's quick throws, quick decision-making by Dak. That mitigates the pass rush, and it really just helps put receivers in good positions to make plays. So... If there's any team that can probably put up points against this 49ers defense, it's the Cowboys and this game plan that they came out with. I I think it's perfect. I think the Cowboys can put up points early. And once you put Brock Purdy in an uncomfortable situation in this high stakes of a game against an extremely good team like the Cowboys, I think they they can go in and win. I really do believe the Cowboys can go in and win. All right, here's the thing. I don't I don't think it's absurd. I, I really do see a possibility in which the Cowboys could do what you just said. But here's the thing that prevented me from having confidence to pick the Cowboys in this upset. It was great what they were able to do against the Bucks. But the Bucks were are not the same caliber opponent as the 49ers. And it, to me, it's not even close in the way the Bucks played that game, right? They had absolutely no answers offensively for what the Cowboys defense was doing. Right. Kyle Shannon is going to have an absolute plethora of options to go to in this game. You know, Debo's back, right? He's healthy. He would missed a little bit of time. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. If the Cowboys want to win, they're going to have to stop all of that. And I don't think they're going to be successful in doing that, right? Maybe, maybe you see a 30 to 27 kind of game where Dak Prescott just keeps putting up points and Brock Purdy could find himself in a pickle. But I just don't see that, right? If the what I see is the Cowboys are gonna have to win a really hard fought game, twenty three to twenty, something like that, and the Cowboys defense is gonna have to be absolutely incredible against this Forty Nine ers offense, and I just don't see that because it's really easy to see that Cowboys performance and go like, okay, they're back, right? Maybe maybe that Week Eighteen was a game where you just flush it down the toilet, right? Bad game, get it out of your system. But I cannot equate the Bucks and Forty Nine ers. Because those are two absolutely different caliber of opponents for this team, and I think the Cowboys are gonna have have to overcome a lot, right? Can they? Maybe, but I can't confidently say that they will. I I don't think you have to play incredible if you're the Cowboys defense. I think that you just have to make Brock Purdy uncomfortable by the offense, the Cowboys offense, putting points on the board. 
You have to make Brock Purdy be playing looking up, looking up at the scoreboard. That's the position you have to play with. So that means you have to get the ball. You have to score early. But if they do that, they put themselves in a position where Brock Purdy as a rookie quarterback is going to be nervous playing looking up. That's where you want them to be. And I think if you're in that position, you don't have to play excellent. You just have to let things work their way out. And yes, this 49ers offense has amazing weapons. But at the end of the day, it's about the guy who distributes the ball to those weapons that matters. And if you make Brock Purdy mentally and physically uncomfortable, you win the game. You really do. And I truly believe that forcing Brock Purdy to be a volume passer and forcing him to play looking up at the scoreboard is not an ideal position for him. And if he's in that position, he's going to lose the game. All right, we'll see. I, I hear I hear what you're saying, but I don't know, man. You talked about distributing the ball. I think Brock Purdy has done a phenomenal job of that. I've been pretty like high on Brock Purdy. We'll see. Sure, he's not the volume passer, right? That's That's something that I think you factor in a lot. You've talked about that even like earlier in Jalen Hurts' development this season. But we'll see. I think... I think Brock Purdy can get it done. Well, I mean, agree to disagree, and I guess that's how a lot of these games are. But nonetheless, it's going to be a fantastic week of football. And every year, the playoffs just seemingly get better. We always have stories like the Jaguars, the surprise team that's gone first to that's gone worst to first, and now is making a run. We have teams like the 49ers who are always there. The boys are always going to have the fans that think it's the year. So. Just another another wonderful year of football here. Uh, and it sounds said, like it sounds like you're one of the boys that, that think it's their year. <laughs> yes, you know what? I am one of the boys. Go Cowboys! It is their year this year. Wow. Um, and, anyway, we get to, we get to that. We'll see what happens next week. But <laughs> with that being said, thank you for listening to the 99th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in next week. We're gonna look ahead to the championship games. Make our Super Bowl predictions. We have really gone far in the season already. That's incredible. Until then, it's been Arnav Rastogi and... Stop mixing with us. Stay safe and take care.